Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, friends. <laughs> I'm Shen. And I'm Lei. And welcome back to the Holding Nap Podcast. It's one of those days where we're just not getting it right. Say the same thing 77 times. Still stutter every time. <laughs> hey, friend. Uh, how are you? Oh, my goodness. I'm doing well. Um, I'm so are, happy that it's are warmer. You, are you, though? Yeah. <laughs> well you you're on break so yeah I'm sure like, you feel a lot better exactly this is gonna air after my March break or my April spring break whatever um has come and gone but I'm so freaking excited oh my gosh like when they delayed it they could have just they could have just rolled me up and threw me in a dish because I was I was through I was heartbroken because it's like <laughs> it's like March break is like you know, it's strategic. Like it's wedged between like a time where there really isn't many, very many breaks, right? There's no other break. Like, there's no other off day in March. Like every other, like in the new year, like in January, there's a break. In holidays. February, there's a holiday. Mm-hmm. There's something that will allow teachers and students to just like clear their minds. And removing March break was devastating. Like, if you go back to the episode where we do, I can't remember what it was. It was with um, Brooke. I don't remember what it was called, but it was a good one mommy burnout yeah yeah if you oh if you, yeah if you listen to that episode you'll hear me like oh gosh going off the was rent <laughs> <laughs> i was going off the rails listen i was pissed so yeah i'm feeling a lot better now because i'm ready to relax and and i say relax with air quotes because i'm also creating a laundry list of things i have to do i'm like okay clean out edit out all of my clothes <laughs> <laughs> remove 40 percent of yara's old toys like i have all these things that i gotta do but i'm thrilled i'm thrilled um how are you friend um i i think i am on the latter side of that feeling <laughs> Because I have officially gone crazy. (laughs) The plot has thickened for us, friends. In Canada, we are in another lockdown. I feel like this entire podcast is based on quarantine. Because we have been in quarantine since we started this darn podcast. Mm -hmm. So crazy. And now we have a stay-at-home order again. And um, it got a little bit more intense this time. (laughs) Like, friends... If you go in a Walmart, I could only buy food and 
what what else? Cleaning supplies yeah. and medication. And then they have taped off everything else. Like I cannot buy underwear. So I dumb. cannot buy toys. I cannot buy books. I get it. I get it because I mean, when they locked the city down, people were just going to the mall, going for walks, hanging out in Walmart. I get it. But damn, like this is we're at a point now where like I am weak, like mentally just weak. <laughs> yeah, like they are. are breaking me down. Just cut me off at the knees. It's just I'm... stupid because you can't. <laughs> how can you discern what's essential and what's not? Who's making these decisions? Like, is it just a small room of people who are like mm, dish rags, but like not ice trays? OK, uh, yeah, like no, not underwear, but loofahs. Like, how are they making these decisions <laughs> as to like cross that out? Not this, not this, not that, but that, but not this. It's just like what? Like based on what? Essential based on what? Based on who? Based on like it's just so ridiculous. And the fact that you can't access like school supplies. Listen, I read a meme that said, like, I'm in a really bad place right now, not mentally, just in Ontario. Like, you're literally just in Ontario. <laughs> and that's why you're in a bad place, because like, Ontario is not a fun place. Like, I can't imagine how Ford would be reelected. I just can't imagine it. Like, I'm not even joking. I feel like I could put Yara up as his, like... <laughs> I seriously, like I could literally put Yara up. I'm like, she's going to run for the, like she's running for the liberals and they would just vote her in. Like not even be able to speak in full sentences. They'd be like, we have a better shot. God. Because but, um, Pray friends. for us, friends. Pray for us. That's all. <laughs> exactly. For all of our friends who are in Ontario, we're praying for you. For those of you who are not in Ontario, we're jealous of you, but we'd like you to pray for us. Um, and we're also praying for you. We're hoping that like eventually we get through this because boy, oh boy, it's been a long time coming. Um, but friends, believe it or not, even though we had that super long rant, that was such a rant. Someone else to check in with. <laughs> Can you believe it? <laughs> There's someone here waiting to speak. Waiting. <laughs> wow. Um, we have the wonderful um, and just like absolutely awesome Natty P here, um, who is just an incredible force, and we're so happy for her to wait. We're excited for her to weigh in and check in with us. So. Hi, Natty. How are you doing? Sorry for that really long rant. No, I feel everything you were saying. I am so tired of this. I feel like, like, I'm trying to think of what things I, like, I had a baby in quarantine. So it's oh. like my COVID project. Oh. But no one's seen him. It's like, oh, you, you have the <laughs> Yeah, we were all inside. And, oh my uh, gosh. And uh, wow. yeah, I had another baby while we were all inside. And um <laughs> What else have I done? Were we doing our house? Ooh, that's fun. Right? But but this is but not all... really in quarantine. Well, yeah, it's but no, it's crazy. It's like life has somehow still happened and happened. still Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's in such a it's so weird. It's yeah. so weird. Mm -hmm. I am I just want to go outside. I want to go out for dinner. <laughs> yes. I want to get dressed up. I want to like I want to wear heels for like half an hour and then take them off because my feet hurt. Yes. yes. I, you know, I just, I, I'm so tired and you're right. They haven't got it right. But I also feel you on the, you know, I have Jamaican family as well who are like, we're outside. <laughs> we, we're we're definitely outside. Outside. Yeah, exactly. What exactly. We outside. I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay. 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 Hmm. All right. Okay. Interesting. Yep. Um. But but yeah. Yeah. I'm 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 tired. I'm tired. I'm just looking at the park now. I can see a park <laughs> from my window. 
and it, it's calling me it's calling right? my children yeah don't you find yourself just doing weird things like next week like I said is is um spring break so I'm I'm off my daughter is is, is obviously still in school because she's young um but I'm planning on taking her off for like taking her out for like a day or two and one day we're gonna just drive downtown why because my daughter's new obsession is trucks just like seeing oh. trucks so as we drive yeah. winter uh, too but I'm like more embarrassed because I just feel like she should be like impressed by more than that but it's because yeah. there's nothing else so like right now <laughs> she's just like look mommy red truck black truck white truck and we live like in durham so like i feel like there's so many like industrial sites everywhere there are trucks everywhere and i felt like the first time i was like okay but like it's literally all she's excited about because it's like it's all she can be excited about anything. she can't really go anywhere my husband it's... and i were laughing so hard the other day like she was so excited the truck was coming up she's like, it's coming it's coming <gasps> i'm excited like she was so oh, excited wow. literally i'm excited i'm excited i'm like we're taking her downtown this is embarrassing i don't care if you can't go into anywhere she needs to be able to see other things because like this is oh yeah amazing. it's hard it's hard I, my sons freak out when they see the cn tower we don't go in it we just <laughs> drive by it and they're like what <laughs> <laughs> and you're right like my oldest son who's four so yeah. he was in music groups and, of course. and he was in all these things yeah and then my middle son he's like two and a half so he started to do things yeah you know mm -hmm. just like you know crawl around and then as we got into an age where he would actually participate done so this kid i'm worried for his socialization skills because <laughs> he only knows how to wrestle with a four-year-old right so he's <laughs> gonna go into preschool one day and he's gonna assume everyone wants to like body slam and that's <laughs> not gonna be socially acceptable <laughs> and there's gonna be some problems and then of course the youngest one no one even knows he exists so like <laughs> <laughs> I I'm worried. I am worried for you know for these well mostly the middle one because he just has no clue. The first time he saw people, he was like, Mommy, what what are these people? Um, oh my like goodness. he just you know, like the first one was at so many people's houses and yeah. hung yeah. out with friends and whatever. Middle one is no. That's where we're at too, because our girls are the same age, yeah. Two and a half. Yeah. And um yeah, my daughter is obsessed with dinosaurs. Yeah. So like, she walks dinosaurs around and talking in a dinosaur voice. So, <laughs> and if I don't address her and say dinosaur, like she'll get so upset. I'm like, okay, we gotta, we gotta see some people. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna have to learn how to speak to people, not dinosaurs. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Regularly yeah. too. Last week when we yeah. had that issue with our furnace um the um hvac tech came to to fix it and my daughter brought him, him like every single toy every toy like she owned she's like a tiger oh um tea uh, it's um, so sad um, man um, bunny i was like yara he, he's busy like he's not yeah. she, thought, she was convinced that like he was like full service like you're here to do something for the, the house <laughs> But you're also yeah, here for, for family. <laughs> yeah. Like, for, for some social interaction. Right? Totally. She was, whoever... like, she was confused. She was like, why would you bring him then? Like, I don't get it. Like, why is he here then if not to entertain me? <laughs> oh, he's, he's, he's there for both. I think, feel like all service people now know that they are there for you know for entertainment but and social interaction every time the pizza comes oh like my whole oh. family runs <laughs> to the door like, pizza guy shows up and there's like 
you know, all eight of them. And they're like, the to eight people and the dogs barking and the kids are like, this is Spider-Man. And my kids, you know, the two and a half year olds also, you know, um, uh, into dinosaurs. He goes, I T-Rex Jamie, rah! <laughs> the pizza man's like, oh my it's goodness. Gr- what a mess. <laughs> what? Okay, here's your pizza. Yeah, but, you know, like. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's, oh my it's intense. I mean, the 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 social. I mean, it's it's weird. It's not good. It is not good, my friends. Oh, it's so <laughs> concerning. Oh, I feel so bad. That is yeah. so freaking funny. The optics yeah. of that is just hilarious. But it's true. <laughs> oh my god, it's so true. Oh my god, yo, that's great. Oh my goodness, I'm so happy that we're like, you know, keeping track of this stuff. Like, I have. I'm. I like that we chronicle it. So like in yeah. eight years or so we come back and listen. It's like, wait, what? The pizza man? Like that was a source of it. Yes, it was. Yes. Yeah. It that is was... the highlight of our week. 100%. Oh it's significant. Um, okay, friends. Now is the moment uh that we love. Mom mom time. Yay! <laughs> it's bomb mom time, friends. So we need to celebrate and honor amazing mothers that we know or that we don't know but that we feel like are worth highlighting because they're awesome. So I am going to, oh, I hate doing this, but I mean, I feel like I have to, because how could we not? So I'm actually going to nominate um, DMX's first wife. Um, So, I mean, again, this will will post later, but I mean, will it ever not be significant? The answer is no. Mm, no. (laughs) So DMX, I guess born Earl Simmons was, I don't know, just an iconic rapper. If you don't know him, I can't. I, if you don't know him, you definitely know Party Up. Like, even if you don't know him by name, everybody knows that goddamn song because I hate it. I hate that song. <laughs> like, it is like my least favorite DMX song because I hear it all the time. Um, but um, yeah, like, he just is such a, he was such an important part of my like adolescence and like upbringing. Like, I remember when I got exposure to DMX, I was not supposed to be listening to DMX. Like, definitely wasn't older, old enough to listen. But my sister's like, we're listening. We're bumping it. So um, we've all known that DMX has has struggled with addiction for a long time. And uh, he has, you know, not necessarily been the best husband, the best father, because his addiction has often, um, you know, made it difficult for him to be his best self. Um, but his ex, his first wife and him were dating from when he was very, very young and Tashira Simmons. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, they were, they were together from 1999 to 2014, which is a long time. And she was on this show. I can't remember. It was like a reality TV show about like hip hop wives and ex-wives. And she talked a lot about like the trauma associated with that marriage. But one of the things that she stressed was that like, she understands like, you know, his, his plight and how, how, how pained he was um and that she knows that he has a good heart but is just so broken in so many ways so now unfortunately knowing that dmx is um has passed uh is it's just hard it's hard to think about because again he represented such a huge part of our childhood so anyways she's an awesome mom because a lot of times not only just did she have to parent their children but she had to support him through his overdoses and his like you know rehabilitation stints and his like in and out of prison and different things and she was just constantly there and the other day I saw a photo of his current wife and her and she was like embracing her and they were both crying 
And I was like, wow, like she's like maintained not only a positive relationship with DMX throughout all of the craziness, but even with his current wife. So I just thought I would shout her out because I know that this season is going to be a challenging one for sure. Um, and it's never easy to lose someone that you love. It's never easy to lose a spouse. And I, I think about all the different people who are like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, DMX is gone. But I'm like, I can't imagine how much harder it is for her. So Tashira Simmons is my bomb mom, Nam. And of course, rest in peace, DMX. A little tribute. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if I nominated her already, but I'm sure these have already disappeared. But I'm going to nominate Akira. <laughs> she is a mom of three, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mom of three. And I want to nominate her because she is really working. And I admire her hustle I admire her integrity mm-hmm. um which I won't go into but I yeah. appreciate yeah I appreciate that she is a woman of her word and yeah. has morals and um she is a sleep consultant and she is going to be launching her own business this summer so I have to shout her out because she's also a hustler yeah <laughs> And she doesn't give up on what she believes in. And I just have to send her all that positive energy this week. Shout out to you, Akira. Akira is the best. I love her too. Because not only is she super talented and just like all around, like really like invested mom but she always yeah. supports us like she studies like reposts our <laughs> our episodes yeah. and she's like always like tagging us like it's really really sweet and that's really nice because again no one has to do that um mm-hmm. but it's such a like fun and, and a nice way to support and you know spread like to get our podcast some more like exposure so we love you akira all right natty you're up you have a bomb mom nom you know what? I I do. And it's my sister. Yay! Yeah. My sister, her name's Michaela Preddy. Um, she has been trying to get married for two years. And her her wedding has been canceled twice. Oh. COVID. Damn. Um, and yeah, and it is devastating. And she keeps going she's also um manages so she manages a bunch of health clubs in southwest ontario and she started at this company and she started at movadi um doing like an hr assistant Mm -hmm. and now she runs six clubs in southwest ontario so she like started she didn't have any experience or limited experience and she was trying to find a job because I was getting married and she was my maid of honor and she wanted to be able to pay for stuff. Oh my God. She had Aww. just had, yeah, she had just had her son um, and moved back uh, to, to Canada. Her husband um, or fiance, I guess, had never been, had never left England. So for, like first time leaving England, he moves to Canada with his eight month pregnant wife and is like, hi, I knocked your daughter up. Nice to meet you. I'm moving into your house. <laughs> Jeez. And, and she, and she wanted to, and so like two years later, they're like, like struggling. She's looking for a job so she can pay for stuff at my wedding, gets this job Aww. since then. Yeah. So she's amazing. Since then she has like bought her, she like bought her house. Um, they've got a pool there. She's managing six gyms. She runs her house like organized. 
She is so smart. She's so inspiring. And she cares about so many people. And throughout this lockdown, you know, she's like opening gyms, closing gyms, opening in this area, closing this area. Mm-hmm. You know, she's and she feels so responsible for so many people's mental health as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she she checks in on all of her employees. You wow. know, she's always thinking about people. You know, someone um, was not going to get um, mat leave or not going to get some sort of pension and she will you know every single person who works for her she will fight for you you know she she will always fight for for what you need and what's going to support you emotionally and mentally she's just like a genuinely good person Mm. who always puts herself last and and I just appreciate that I'm just so inspired by everything that she does and and the stuff that she comes up with, with her kids, like she's done, she's done like vacations at home. So she'll have a day where they are all going to Mexico and, you know, she'll like, they're going to eat oh. I don't know, tacos that day. So she'll make tacos and she'll make signs in Spanish. So their house like looks like they're wow, in wow. Mexico and they have activities and a pinata or whatever. Like she just goes all out in everything that she does. And it shames me as a mother. I'm like, oh my goodness. Shames me. I'm like, oh damn, like my my kids watched five hours of TV today. You kids watch Mexico. Um, but you know, she just she just goes all out for everyone in her life. And I don't know if she gets as much recognition as is, you know, is due. So a bomb mom is my sister, Michaela. You are amazing girl. And I love you so much. You're phenomenal. That was beautiful. And and seemingly very well-deserved. Oh, (laughs) so well-deserved. So this, this, this girl, man, she's just, and she's so smart. It's so embarrassing. Like (laughs) she's, she's just, yeah, it's tough, man. I'm like, oh, oh man. Yeah. No. She's she's really smart and she really goes all out and she really makes me want, have to step up my game. It's it's tough. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh my gosh! Wow, I love that idea. Themed like uh, days at home. I had seen a few people do stuff like that and I was just like, wow, time and energy. One day. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I, I don't and I don't know how she does. Like I honestly, I think maybe she has like an like an extra few hours in her day that the rest of us don't have I'm like convinced. we're all on 24 hours yeah girl has like 28 her, her and beyonce they have both they both yeah. do exactly my sister <laughs> and beyonce, beyonce have clock. 28 hours in their day <laughs> yeah that's the only logical explanation so that's the only thing i can think of <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Okay. Let's jump into today's topic because it's a good one. So, I mean, outside of like having Natty here because she's super cool and why would we not want her here? Duh. We also have her here because <laughs> um, she is going to talk to us about something that she's got firsthand experience with. 
Um, and it's a topic that, you know, is so interesting to both Chanel and I, and I think um, is applicable to a lot of our listeners and a lot of our Instagram followers. So we wanted to center um, that experience and it's growing up biracial, right? It's this uh, like the nuance of being mixed race and or raising mixed race children. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were both watching your city line segment, which was so awesome. And I just felt like, oh my God, this is like, it's, it was too short. I'm like, I, I, I need more. Like she's saying so many things and I'm like, ah, like, I just, I need more of this because, um, yeah, like, it's just something that like, I don't have firsthand experience with. I, I, I mentioned to you before that I, I have a cousin who's biracial, um, and you know, is kind of struggling to kind of navigate that, especially like at 14. I don't know if that's when it becomes more problematic if it's during your adolescence or what have you isn't everything more problematic during fair. <laughs> yeah <laughs> fair okay fair enough um so yeah <laughs> we definitely want to talk to you about that but I mean before we get into it just tell us a little bit about like who you are and yeah. what you do yeah so um I'm in Toronto um I'm a mom of three boys um I am a travel writer well before COVID, I was a travel writer, uh, travel and lifestyle writer, and uh, on-air guest expert. So I used to primarily talk about travel, um, mm. but oh, th- thank you. My husband just brought me a coffee, a good man. Thank you. Um, I know. Mm-hmm. Um, that the rad and, dad. <laughs> yes, rad dad. Um, and uh, yeah, I am, my dad is Jamaican. Mm-hmm. My mom is English. Both my parents are immigrants. So I'm first generation Canadian, which is, I think is awesome. And I like to remind them of that every so often. Um, <laughs> they, so I grew up in Cambridge, Ontario, Okay. Um, which is a suburb. Um, I, we lived in Toronto at first and, and we went back and forth to London a lot. And when I was 19, I moved to London, England, where I lived for uh, 10 years. Oh, wow. Or actually, it's eight and a half years. Yeah, eight and a half years I was there. Yeah, Um, and I feel like that's a lot of the uh, experience that I use when I talk, you know, on TV shows. Um, I feel like the mixed mixed race experience is different in London and uh, and in North America. But we will, but we will get there. Okay. Uh, So, sorry, I'm rambling. The coffee really screwed me. Um, So I do Cityline, um, The Morning Show on Global, CTV Your Morning, um, CHH Morning Live, uh, and talking about travel, but also talking about um, parenting now, as I just seem to keep racking up children. And um, uh, and, and most recently talking about um, race being biracial, uh, because it is very a very unique uh, position to be in. Um, I've tried to do a lot um, for within the Black Lives Matter community. Last summer I was pregnant and I broke my foot while I was pregnant so I couldn't march. Mm. Yeah, oh yeah, that's a whole other episode. Um, and then, uh, so I, you know, I created a series uh, on your morning, um, which was about basically the black experience across the country. Mm. Um, I did a series on um, the morning show that focused on different black uh, businesses um, or like sectors in in Canada so like I did one on dance black dance communities did one on black winemakers there's one black winemaker in in Canada which is wild um and uh and yeah so just 
just just really focusing on things that are I don't know, just just trying to amplify using this platform created to amplify stories and and voices that need to be amplified and stories that need to be told and mm-hmm. you know my goal is to create um to create some some sort of media platform that continues to do that you know that just um tells tells stories makes people feel good about who they are mm-hmm. um also representation um as well because I feel like in Canadian media we see so little of it so just wherever I can um wherever I can represent you know the biracial community the black community um wherever I can tell stories however I can get the stories out there um you know that's really my my goal moving forward as well and also try to raise children that aren't serial killers that's those are my two (laughs) two main goals yeah, primary. Goal. Glad you said that because I think about that sometimes. Same. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> that's hilarious. So yeah, so that's so that's that's me. That's what I'm trying to do. Um, yeah, brought up very much between you know the English community and the and then you know the Jamaican community but my dad moved to Toronto when he was uh like 13 so you know there's a big Jamaican community um in Toronto yeah uh so you know he was very much part of that as well um and you know my mom is uh, my mom was very much like well, we're all so beautiful and there's no difference between anyone like we're all just people and my dad's <laughs> like no this it's not that that way like it's it's the the children are biracial I am black it's going to be different for us and you for them and for me and I don't know if my mom has ever really gotten it like wow I still, I still think like, and the more we talk about it, the more I'm like, I don't, I don't think you'll quite understand. Mm-hmm. Um, but not, but just, just because I don't know, maybe she is so idealistic about it, mm-hmm. um, about, um, about being mixed race and being biracial. But again, she grew up in England and I feel like it's, in London specifically, it's it's different than it is in North America in terms mm. of race. How so? Um, yeah, what was your experience like? Yeah. So here I find something is very black and something is very white. Okay. And it's more, you know, things are defined as be like that's a very black thing to do that's a very white thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, by, you know, biracial, being biracial, I didn't know any other biracial kids till I got to high school. And then I think there were four of us. Um, and <laughs> in Kitchener, there was like one guy who made his rounds in the eighties in the early eighties. And so all of them had the same dad. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was wild. <laughs> wild and then there was and then there was me oh my god so yeah true story um so you know so I didn't really know anyone else uh who was biracial 
and I had, you know, I had my friends who were, you know, my Jamaican friends and I felt like I was one way with them. And then with my white friends, I was another way. And then, mm. you know, well, Natalie, you're not going to, you're not going to get it because you're so white. And then, oh, Natalie, you're not going to get it because you're black. And then, you know, you're the token friends, you know, because, mm. you know, you're, you're, especially in Cambridge, Ontario, like you are, you know, biracial means you are, you have enough color to be the token and to, and say, I have a black friend. Yeah. But, but then um, on, with my black friends, they're like, oh, well, you're so white. You're never, you're never going to get it. Um, And then I had friends who were like, oh, well, you are um, black in the summer and white in the winter. And then you get the, well, I'm more, you know, I'm more tan than you are. And I'm like, uh, okay, like, wh- I don't know what you yeah. want me to do with that. Um, with, you know, with hair, even um, my aunties would braid my hair, you know, you go and you, and I, and I know you guys feel, you know, when you get the braids, the corners <laughs> so tight that you can't blink. Yeah, you know, and I come to school with, with that. And, no blinking and braids. White, yeah, no blinking braids. And, you know, the white kids are like, oh, okay well you know why is your hair like that and I'm like I don't know you know my auntie did this <laughs> and I, I, I you don't know, know. And, I don't know. <laughs> and and then but then like I had I had I know right I know you know but like but you try to explain that to to but they're like oh wow but also like that's so that's so cool like can I touch it and like of course oh. yeah yeah um and then like I had I cut my hair really short one time I don't know why what possessed <laughs> me to do this and so I just had this like afro I guess I thought it would look a certain way and my mom was like, do you want to do this? And I was like, yep, we're cutting it really short. And I just looked like a young Michael Jackson. It was not a good look. So then I got braids, right? Because I was like, I just need to, you know, hide this. And, uh, and so I got, I got braids. And I remember I had a white boyfriend and he was like, so how long is that? Is that going to be like that? You know, like, oh, it was wow. like you know, like why but then I then I with all my Jamaican friends they're like yes like good like you're embracing like you look great I love it that hair is on point like where'd you get your hair like it was it was it was all you these know, mixed messages was, yeah yeah so it was just but it was really tough so figuring out like well where exactly do I fit in because I'm not black enough to be black but I'm not white enough to be white I'm in this mm-hmm. odd limbo and no one will let me in their club you know, mm. so it's, it's, and, and my brother looks at it very differently. So my brother and I are nine years apart. Wow. And he is a lot darker than I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I always have some, my sis, and I know my sister feels the same and she's four years younger than me. So she, and both of our experiences are very different because like I had a lot of, of Jamaican friends and she didn't have as have as many mm-hmm. um and my brother I don't think has any um and he but he looks at it as um an opportunity for him to be a chameleon he can change and be what he needs to be when he needs to be it mm-hmm. so he he sees it as like 
a blessing, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm working on, I'm working on that, but, and also there are more, again, more representation for him now, you know, mm-hmm. being, you know, nine years younger, there's more representation for me. I didn't, I didn't know anyone who was older, who was biracial that I could say, Hey, help me out, please. What do I, what do I do? How do I feel? How do I, how do I navigate this space? Um, you still, you still get like the racist stuff. You know, I, I remember my high school, there was a Confederate flag on the wall in the cafeteria. Wow. Still, still like it was bad. And I remember being up, um, on, uh, being up on the stage once and someone said something racist and my, my hair, and my hair was braided and someone said something. And I remember just thinking, wow like this is still I yeah I just couldn't believe it like it's still happening and and I mean and we had it all the time like you know I remember going down to the states once and the states is a whole different story but we my family walked in somewhere and they and this woman like they said you know it was a pizza hut no pizza available okay (laughs) you're all have any you're all out of pizza yeah and we couldn't find anyone to serve us. And, and, you know, I know that that's an experience that black people deal with. You know, there is racism when it, it constantly, when it comes to being served, when it comes to being, you know, watched and, you know, my, like my dad always, as long as I'm always wears a tie and it's, it's a, it's armor, right? Cause he's mm. always thought if I'm wearing a tie, then I'm going to be thought of as being more presentable or, you know, mm. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, I have those experiences that I know are universally black, but I also know that I have these experiences that are universally white. I'm light skinned. You talked about colorism with Tracy and Mm -hmm. Tracy has talked about it before. And, you know, I know that there is privilege with my white, lighter skin, right? Mm -hmm. I know that. And I know that I've been afforded opportunities because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, you mentioned you know, earlier about, you know, a, a, your biracial cousin and, and saying how you have these people who are, are white that then call you names, mm-hmm. you know, and, and in your white community, you don't, especially for me, do I laugh at that joke? Yeah. Do I, do I say... Like, how do I even react to your racist joke? Because yes, you are, I am part white, like you and what you are are saying. And I'm surrounded by white people. I don't want to be the person who is, you know, oh, Natalie can't take a joke. Natalie can't, you know, I don't want to take, but I am very offended because I am also half black and that is part of me yeah. and you are offending me. Mm-hmm where now how do I tell you that yeah without you know the the excuses the well you're half white well I'm more tan than you are well you know and so Mm -hmm. it's it's a very very tough place it's also a lot of guilt you know um with the George Floyd murder I don't know if you've been following the case I can't I can't so I haven't be honest yeah I can't do it um yeah yeah it's uh it's it's really tough. So, you know, with that, I think I feel guilty that I 
am half white and then I feel guilty that I am, that I feel these emotions and I am so despondent. And, mm-hmm. and do I get to feel that because I am only half black? Wow. And you, and feeling guilt for that, for feeling like that. Um, so yeah, so it's very, it's, it's a tough existence, tough. Um, and, and I'm working on it. I'm, I'm, you know, and my sister says, you know, she, my amazing sister, because she is, she's mm. the younger sister, but she's actually the older sister. Um, and she, you know, she was the one who introduced me to the, to the, um, idea of not being percentages. You know, I'm not 50% black. I'm not 50% white. I'm one person. And mm-hmm. I am, I am Natalie who is, you know, biracial, but then I went to England and there are loads of biracial people, mm-hmm. loads in London specifically, not like Northern England, but like London, there were so many biracial people and it was awesome. Like I was like, oh, here we are, you know, <laughs> and it was, it was so cool. And I didn't have to explain who, I, I didn't have to explain my back. I didn't get the, no, but where are you really from? Mm-hmm. Like I, when I go to the States, like California, everyone speaks Spanish to me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I don't speak Spanish. So it's an interesting conversation, but um, <laughs> I, I didn't have to explain myself. I, I could, I could wear my hair curly how it was and it was okay. Yeah. And I could be the color that I was and it was okay. And, you know, I could be in one part of town that was really Jamaican and it was, it was okay. And actually if anywhere I felt uncomfortable being in the snooty white part, you know, like that's where I was like, I don't feel good here. I need to, I need to leave because like biracial is a people. We are our own people as mm-hmm. well. You know, it's not mm-hmm. like I was trying to fit into one or the other. I was just, yeah. and mm-hmm. I thought that was so cool and I had never experienced it before. So like I wrote about, I, so I actually, um, wrote in this anthology about this experience as well. And I was a dancer uh, in Canada and tried to be a ballet dancer. And I remember thinking like, no one looks like me. No Mm -hmm. one, all these beautiful dancers, my gorgeous friends who became professional ballerinas who are white. I don't look like them. I don't have the same body that they do. I don't, I don't have, I don't, quite move the way that they do I'm like how do I try and dance um how do I try and be a dancer I don't look like any of these girls and then I got into dance school in England and I remember seeing all the fourth years and they were dancing and they were mixed there was there were a lot there were biracial kids there were black kids there were white kids there were Asian kids like just so many different types of people and they all moved differently. And I was like, wow. Wow. You wow. know, like it was so liberating to see that there were people like me who danced and did ballet and they didn't look like these people and they didn't look like these people and they moved and looked amazing. And it was phenomenal. That's and wild. And I, I feel like 
That's so interesting to me. I think you said something that I just wanted to just jump on for a sec, only because I'm like, I'm mm-hmm. so nervous that like, it's just so spot on to like what, I don't know, to like how I kind of like my thoughts on, on, on being biracial. And I think it also stems from the fact that I'm currently reading Trevor Noah's Born a Crime with my students. Yes. You guys have read it. But I like, read it. It's really, really interesting because it's like it talks about like biracial identity in like a South African context. And the mm-hmm. fact that like Trevor Noah was like literally a crime because he was mixed race during a time where blacks and whites weren't even allowed to mix. So his dad is Swiss, mm. his mom is African. So like legitimately, it was, like there's a funny stories about like him at being at the zoo and his dad walking like ahead because he had to walk ahead. He couldn't hold Trevor's hand, otherwise he'd be arrested. So he's walking wow. ahead and then Trevor starts running after him and he's like, daddy, daddy. And his dad like takes off and starts running. Oh my God. <laughs> because like he can't crazy. be seen with him. And then the mom stays further back. So Trevor's just running. Like if anyone was to see it, it's like this kid's running on his own because his mom can't run with him because she'll be arrested and fined. Hurt his dad as a white man probably would just be fined, but his mother would mm-hmm. certainly be arrested and fined and Trevor would be thrown into foster care. She wouldn't even be allowed to raise him. So it's just like so interesting. But anyways, he talks about like, you know, the like the nuance of like being mixed race, like not being like, like not being black, not being white, but being in the middle um, and eventually having to choose. So he was yes. very bright and he was thrown into like the, 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 like the white class, which was yeah. in grade school. So it was like the, the more affluent white children. This is after apartheid where children could mix. And then, but he, so he said he was like, he was in this class and he's like, okay, this is fine. Like everyone here is pretty cool. Um, He did feel a little bit ostracized because he was growing up around black people, but he was like, it's fine. Like, you know, I'm studying here and it's not a problem. He said it was recess time and he gets outside and it was, he said, it's like, they like turned on the faucet and all the black came out. He was like, (laughs) this like sea of black kids. And he's like, where did all they come? Where'd you guys come from? He's like, you're here. (laughs) I didn't know you guys were here. Where are you guys hiding? And he's like, yeah, we're in B class. And he was like, where's B class? That's the class that I want to be in. And he, is, he spoke with like the counselor and she's like, you don't want to be in that class. And he's like, yeah, I do. And it was this thing where he was like, in that moment, I realized, I was like, oh, wow. Like, I, I kind of have to choose. Like I have, and it was the, even though that he didn't realize in that moment, he was choosing to be black and to identify with black. Like he just wanted to be with the kids that seemed the most familiar to him. He's like, he did. He's like, and at that, it was like a, a, he drew a line in the sand. Like now I am biracial, Mm -hmm. but I'm black. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was really interesting. So I guess I'm wondering that you, you mentioned, you, like you mentioned this idea of like feeling like you have to choose. Did you Mm -hmm. reach that point where, or you or your siblings, your sister, because you said your sister doesn't really have any, um, many, many Jamaican friends. You said your brother doesn't have any. So I don't know if they are just standing firm in their, their right to be biracial or, have they taken on or have you taken on this identity of like I'm black um my brother's white my brother is (laughs) is white which is so funny because he's the darkest out of all of us like I grew up like lining up his hair wow Um, Mm. yeah 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 during quarantine my husband's white he's like can you cut my hair I'm like I don't know how to cut white hair like I don't know what to do um <laughs> but yeah my but my brother is very white um and he I feel like he has consciously made that decision and I don't 
we don't see eye to eye there. Mm. Um, I think he doesn't know how to deal with being black. And so it's easy for him, easier for him not to. Wow. Because mm. I feel like that comes with too much for him than he yeah. is able to understand um, or want to emotionally deal with. So he just doesn't. Oh my gosh. Um, my sister and I are more similar. Um, for me growing up, I feel like I, I changed depending on who I was with. Yeah. It changed, it changed depending on who I was with because I knew that I had, that I had to. And there were situations where I needed to be white and there were situations where I needed to be black. But as I grow up, I feel think I am just more and the more people that I meet and the more the older that I get um I just am choosing to be biracial Mm. because I'm not black and I'm not white and I don't think that choosing for me I, I I I think would be unfair to that other part of my heritage um yeah. I mean, what I, I, I still, when it comes to, you know, like social issues and where I stand in terms of, um, um, activism and things yeah. like that, I, I am very much, um, I would say I'm very much black in that aspect. Um, however, um, I would say, I, no, I would say I'm biracial because I think we are our own, our own group you know, mm-hmm. and even the experience within being biracial, there are shades of us, right? There yeah. are, you know, yeah. you have colorism within that as well. Um, I remember my sister dated, she dated a guy who was mixed as well. And she's like, and he said, oh, well, your undertones are more like pink and mine are oh, more girl. yellow or something like, you know, <laughs> wow, and she technical. was like, what? Uh, what? Like, you know, Benjamin Moore, get out your like spread of, yeah. of different paints. Okay, which which shade are you? Um, but um, but yeah, like I feel like even within the biracial community, our experiences differ, are different. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet they are universal. And like I see kids, I'm walking down the street and I see a, a kid who is biracial and I'm like, hey, like <laughs> I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. Um, in a long-winded answer to your question, I think mm-hmm. I, I think I'm biracial and everything that goes with that. Yeah. <laughs> and I always and... struggle when you know people get claimed by a side. You know. Yeah. And I always think like, why do they get to be black and they are white, and why are they seen as as black and like? what do I have to do to be thought of as being black? And what do yeah. I have to, like, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's interesting to see who claims people when and how and what mm-hmm. they do that, mm-hmm. that makes that happen. Um, that is really interesting. I always wonder about that. Like, like even when you said that your, 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 your brother made the choice to, like to be white, like even if he didn't like come out and say something like, hello family, I'm just letting you know I've declared myself. <laughs> formerly yeah. as a white man like yes. <laughs> I don't know if he's done I don't think he's done anything that dramatic but I feel like 
again, this is just my own, like from what I'm reading more and more from this book is that sometimes it's not like who you claim, but it's who claims you. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that Trevor yeah. was like, it's just at the end of the day, like it just felt natural. I went like, it was he's like, the, he's like with the white kids, I had to really prove myself and I had to prove that I was, you know, biracial or, or I was half white. I had to, it was like an initiation process. And there, there was a lot more, um, there was just more difficulty associated with like hanging out with those people and claiming that identity. And he's like, and I felt with like my black counterparts, it was like, nah, you're good. Like you're, you're safe over here. Like we got you, like, well, yeah. you know, you're one of us. And he's like, even though I was like significantly lighter than them and like, you know, my hair texture was different. It didn't matter. They automatically assumed us. And I feel like, I don't know, Shan, if you, you think similarly, but I feel like black people tend to do that. And I think because we tend to be this like more accepting, like, yes, we love you. We know we're different. We know but you're one of us. I think that's why. And I don't know if you think if you agree, but I think that that's how that's why sometimes black people take offense when people don't when our, then they are biracial and they don't claim their blackness. It's like because we would have we will always claim you like we will always yeah. protect you always like, you know, ride with you kind of thing. I think I think. Um, I agree with what you're saying. I think it's also because um, we also understand that there's always going to be a struggle. Yes. Even though like mm-hmm. you're a biracial, you're still part black. Yeah. So you're always going to have that struggle. So I yes. think we are always going to um, be able to identify with each other in that sense. So true, we're true, able true. to claim you <laughs> yeah. for that purpose yeah. we know that you're gonna go through this we're all gonna go through this mm-hmm. um because no matter what you still have that we're still gonna experience that struggle no yeah. matter what shade you are you know yeah yeah I don't, which is yeah. which is why I think it's different for like my brother like mm-hmm. he's dark like you know I want to <laughs> say I'm like you go you him going to the states makes me nervous like yeah. I mean you and he runs his mouth too and I'm like you don't understand you are you look like a black kid running your mouth please be careful mm-hmm. because yeah. you know and even in Toronto you know Tor- especially in Toronto you come here and you and you run your mouth yeah and it's not the same for you mm-hmm. as it is for your friend like Chad or whatever you know like <laughs> It's I true. That is, yeah. So, he it's has a true. Name Chad. But like, you know, <laughs> like it's not, it's yeah. not the same. And you yeah. need mm-hmm. to know, you need to know that. And, and that, so sometimes I'm, I'm scared for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like, yeah, I don't know. But, but then for, for me, like, you know, like I said, it in, in England, we are, we, I don't know, we just, I don't know. I just found it a lot more celebratory, you know, yeah. we, that we were allowed to just be us. And I had a whole bunch of mixed friends, like mm-hmm. a whole bunch of biracial friends, which was awesome. You know, yeah. we were all like this, this crew and we, and it was great. It was awesome. Yeah. And now, but here I, I do feel a bit like, again, the more, especially in North America, I just find it, it's like, it's such a topic of people ask you about your identity. Yeah, it is true. Choose, pick yeah. one, pick one, Natalie. Especially in America. You know? Like that's what Trevor said. Oh. Trevor's like, he's like, I was, he's like, I am like, 
he's like, it was funny because he talks about like being some because he grew up in a predominantly black space. He's like, the kids thought yeah. I was white. He's like, so I went from being white to being colored. And he's like, and then I got to America and I was black. He's like, there was <laughs> no way around it. Yeah. I'm black. Like, that's it. We just, that's yeah. what it is. And yeah. So, I mean, I think even we talked about like, you know, embracing, I don't know, maybe for your brother, like maybe like those, the white kids just did embrace him. Maybe he didn't have yeah. that resistance. It was just like, oh, okay. You're one of us. And it was just like, oh, your mom, you're one of us. And it was just like such a smooth transition into that community that he can't even wrap his head around. Like, why would I ever... Like, why would I not? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Identify yeah. this way. Why, why would I not connect with them? They've always been my people. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's really unique. Your experience with you know, your upbringing and your brothers. But now you have, like, the nuance of, uh, you know, raising children who children. I, I guess are, I don't know, don't don't ask me to do the math, yeah, but I don't know if it's a quarter black or how we... <laughs> it's quarter. It's it's quarter, a quarter black. Okay. Yeah. I was right with the math. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I brought my oldest son again. These are like the before days when we could travel, um, to Jamaica. And Jamaica, I find <laughs> the Caribbean is way more accepting than North America because they are so many different shades, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, like, I feel because Jamaica, you have Chinese Jamaicans, you yeah. have you know, your English Jamaicans, you have mm -hmm. like everyone there's just so many different shades so it was fine there like being there with our family everyone one family there's all these different shades totally fine um and you know he's meeting my son was meeting cousins um yeah and I don't know I just find found it like that was the community that I wanted him mm -hmm. to be in yeah. you know that's what I that's what I I liked and I want to bring all of my sons there. So my middle son is the <laughs> whitest <is> child <laughs> you have. Uh, yeah, the whitest child you have, like blonde hair, blue eyed, like wild, but mm -hmm. has the same facial structure as my father. Yes, so, he does. <laughs> so he does. like, so as wild so weird um, isn't it genetics are so cool <laughs> so weird. Um, exactly like your dad it's so true i like, seen that photo wild it is wild and my dad always says he's like isn't it funny if this boy goes to the states he will be black because in the states you you are if you are like like it's like one eighth or something then you're then you're black <laughs> so yeah yeah. So my dad's like, this boy could benefit from affirmative action. Isn't that ridiculous? Um, but he, but I want to bring them up in a community, the Caribbean community, you know, specifically because it is, that's where, you know, that's where um, our background is. Mm -hmm. And, and I feel like, you know, I want them to grow up with that. Um, unfortunately right now they can't go anywhere. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's tough for them to, to, sorry, sweetheart, mommy's just talking. <laughs> he raised his hand. That's so cute. Um, <laughs> I'm still talking though. Um, so <laughs> I, so I rate, you know, I want, I want to raise them in a community where that is part of their everyday life, right? That they see people who are, 
who are different shades of black as part of um, as part of, of life. So with my youngest, with um, you know the one who is, you know, I'm worried for his social skills, T-Rex Jamie. Um, he, a lot of the books that I read him um, are black, you know, and when we look at um, working on emotions, right? So I remember talking, you know, with, with Charlie, this one, um, we did, uh, you know, we, we would look in the mirror and, you know, uh, sh well, show me a happy face, show me a sad face, show me, a, you know, and so when I do it with Jamie and we have, um, have you heard of the buy us boxes? No. So they have, so they, they are, um, they have one for race. They have one for um, uh, LGBTQ. Um, and it's just basically a box based on your kid's age that has um, toys and books and stuff like that that will help them understand that topic. Okay, so, cool. Mm -hmm. um, so like Jamie, he we got him a black doll. So mm -hmm. babies don't necessarily look like him. They can look like anyone. And the mm -hmm. books that he reads can look like anyone. And, you know, just really trying to put that into his popular culture and into his uh, literature, the conversations. We talk about skin color, you know, all the time. Um, you know, we just try, just try to normalize that all these different skin colors uh, in our in our life. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and that's what we're doing for now until we can see people again. And then I just want to make sure that they are aware of all parts of their life. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's all I can do, right? Like, I want to, and that's why I think travel is so 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 important yeah. because I need because kids need to understand that there is life outside of their bubble, right? Mm -hmm. There's life outside mm -hmm. of their communities there uh, and people live differently and one way is not better than another it's just different and they need to see that and understand that and be part of that and yeah. and that's why I've all I've always said you know I want my kids to to travel and not like go stay in you know in a resort mm -hmm. somewhere you know I want I want them to go and spend time places and and get to know other cultures and people and stories. And, you know, that's part of, and I'm totally rambling here, but like when I talk about what I want to do is I want to tell those stories. I want to give, I want to tell the stories of all the people that we don't necessarily know about in Canada, that's going to educate us and, and make better global citizens. Listen, I love that. I think that's beautiful. And I, as I was thinking about it, I was like, you know what, like you, I love the idea of traveling. I'm like, oh my gosh. I think you're like, you're, you're like comparing traveling versus vacationing. That's what I always say. Like vacationing, yeah. is like where you go and stay, you know, somewhere like exclusive and it's nice, but like traveling is like, you know, where you're really trying to immerse yourself in the community wherever you can. And I think that, you know, that's easier for some than others. And I understand yeah. that like not everyone can yeah. do that, but I definitely, I'm so supportive of traveling, even within your city. It might just mean trying yes. different food. It might just mean going mm -hmm. to a different community, like, 100%. you know, ex like try Ethiopian food. You may not like it, but like just expose your kids to the idea of eating with their hands because some cultures do that. And then, you know, you guys yeah. try something else. But let's it's really about like just broadening their palate in as many ways yes. as you possibly can. 
um, I think that's going to make a huge difference as far as like them moving through the world, irrespective of how they decide, how they decide to identify. It's like them just understanding people. I feel like they'll fare better than, you know, even us when we were growing up. I 100% agree agree to that because I was just having this conversation with my youngest brother Mm. and he is in his early 20s and I'm like he's like my son (laughs) so I'm like you know what like I know you can't travel because he had all these plans for 2020 and he like booked all these trips and I'm like I think it's really important before you feel like you want to like plant your feet and and do something that's permanent like travel go 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 around Canada if Mm -hmm. if you want to or or go fly somewhere and sometimes we get stuck in our hometown and then you can tell who's a small town person because they're like, that's weird. You know what I mean? Yeah, though? no, you're right. Like, I always used to think that um, like growing up in Ajax um, or growing up in Ajax from like my teens and up, I, I hated it. I was like, I grew up in Toronto until I was 13. And I was mm. like, this is the life. Like I had so many diverse groups of friends. Mm-hmm. And then I came to the suburbs and I, it was funny because that's when I had a culture shock because I, like my school was all black people and I was like "Uh oh (laughs) because I was like (laughs) and that's when I had my identity crisis because I was just being me I didn't know that like I had to know all these rap songs because everyone was (laughs) it's it sounds weird but I didn't listen to like the things people listen to I was into musical theater and music and I went through that process of people saying like, you're too white or you sound too white mm. or how do you not know this artist? And yeah. I was like, Oh, I, I love pop music and, and Broadway. <laughs> and they were like, what <laughs> is going on? <laughs> you don't listen to Barbra Streisand. Why not? <laughs> Every 14 year old. Like, does. She amazing. I was like yeah. singing Celine Dion on my bicycle. Like I thought it was so amazing. And then I, <laughs> I went through this identity crisis because like, yeah. I have to quickly, you know, buy as many R&B CDs as possible. <laughs> and <laughs> and I felt so I felt so uh, ashamed at first. And then I was like, you know what? And I learned quite quickly that I just wanted to be me. I don't mm-hmm. care what that looked like. I was like, I'm going to continue to wear all black. I'm going to continue to, you know, go to watch Broadway and join musical theater. I'm going to continue to, you know, you know, talk to everyone that I meet, like the weird kids, the goth kids. I'm going to do all that stuff because I'm still going to be me. And yeah, eventually I was like, okay, yeah, I like a little bit of everything and that's just who I'm going to be. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. So I can imagine your experience being biracial and trying mm-hmm. to find your identity and being a teenager and trying to steer in that direction. But I think it's important to understand people because I think that's when you understand yourself because you never know Amen. who you're going to be if you only know one thing. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. we forget that we get to decide. Like as yeah. black people, yeah. we get to decide what black yeah. is. Like, I think we keep thinking that we have to fit into like what society has told us or like that has what's historically been recognized as black. No, I'm a black person who gets to decide what black is because I'm black. (laughs) 
yeah. you know what I mean so it's like yeah. I'm not gonna let someone say that because I listen to this music or I enjoy this style of whatever or because I like I haven't heard this or I don't like this type of food that I'm any less black why do you get to decide that if as a black person you can make the decision then as a black person I can also make that decision yeah <laughs> like you know what I yeah. mean so I, I think that that's something that like I'm going to encourage really my own child to do is like you define who you are on your own you don't let society tell you don't let your friends tell you because if they feel like they have the right to tell you then you just you have just as much right to tell yourself yeah 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 but then you have so I love that I think that's amazing but then I have so what if as a biracial person yeah if I'm like I like Celine Dion and I like, um, I don't know, what's something, I, I don't know, something else that's quote unquote white. Um, would, would my black friends, or I should say, would you say, oh, that's because you're half white? To be honest with you, I feel like closed-minded people might. I wouldn't. But I wouldn't because like- I'd be doing the same thing. Yeah, like yeah. I think- it's so weird. Like, I don't know. I do song of the day with my students every day. And I have like yeah. black students who are requesting K-pop artists. And I'm like, you don't even understand what they're saying. Yeah. <laughs> like you, they're literally like, that in English. Thing. like, you know, sometimes <laughs> they weave in English, like, but like for the most part, a lot of these K-pop artists, like, so especially the newer ones that are coming out, like are speaking yeah. like, exclusively Korean mm-hmm. and so they love cool. it. So I think, I don't know. I think we're, it's a, it's a, I feel like, and maybe this is my own naivety and like, I'm just living in the idealistic world that your mom's living in. I'm just jumping head first there, <laughs> joining her on the island. But I think we're transitioning to a face up to a space where people like, can I like different things and really mm-hmm. like, you know, again, like much like Chanel, like it's like, I like, you know, love, I don't know, goth culture. And I also <laughs> love, I don't know, so chicken to my and I also like you know I don't know freaking sushi and I love like you know what I mean I just feel like it's we're not so rigidly defined anymore or I want to hope yeah. that we're not I don't yeah. know if that's the truth but I think that if I'm being honest Natty probably I don't know 15 years ago if you had said that people might say like oh that's because you're halfway oh that's why you like yeah like yeah yeah. Of course, because you you heard that. I heard yeah. that. So I can't imagine if she heard that. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. I think now it's a more open space because I'm I'm looking at things that I'm interested in and I'm like, wow, there's so many other people. I'm like, this is this sucks because now I'm a full blown adult and now all these people are having <laughs> these kids are having fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, watching anime. And I was gonna I say anime. People. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Anime. That, anime knows no bounds. Like that knows no bounds. <laughs> And then what you have then is that like you have like a richness, uh, like then it starts to enrich like those genres. So then you see like now black right. country artists. And you know what I mean? Like we're seeing like, like we see like Lenny Kravitz, like we see the enter, we see like black people or like, like biracial people entering spaces that they traditionally weren't like allowed to be in. And like, yeah. that's nice as well. So like it helps as far as letting people identify where, where they want to because they of have course. the representation in those spaces. But I mean, I think like, like I said, we could talk about this forever because you're such a wealth yeah. of knowledge, both based on your, like, your own personal experience, but like also how you're navigating it now with your children and the other people that you meet. So, um, you know, for our listeners, where can they find you so that they can continue to follow and 
bombard you with questions? Bombard me with questions. <laughs> uh, Instagram underscore Natty P. I'm there. I'm the same on Twitter underscore Natty P. I don't know if people still go on Twitter. I love Twitter. Do you? Um, oh my gosh. Yes. I just, I, I feel like I have the most freeing conversations on Twitter. I don't, I don't know why. I feel like it's a little bit different than um, Instagram. It is know. different. I, just, I feel like never I, used it. I can never get into it for yeah. years. I keep trying and I just, I don't know. What, Twitter? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I need I to just, find funny people to follow. Maybe that's what it is. I was like, this maybe. is not as funny as I thought it was. Everyone keeps saying it's so fun. Some of my students oh. say the same thing. They love Twitter. Like when I like, what's your favorite social media? I'm surprised. I always find them like, oh my God, you're so mature. Like if you've like, like ruled out TikTok and, and Instagram, yeah. like, wow, really Twitter is your favorite? <laughs> But also, like, Twitter kind of scares me now because of, like, what Tracy said. Like, Tracy said she doesn't enjoy Twitter. She said it's kind of, like, a, a hateful place. And I'm like, it, it, it can be. I mean, it can be. It can be. I think that, I think it can be the, ex, the extremes. It can be super supportive and super hateful. Like, oh I've, been, I've been trolled on both. I mean, more on Twitter than on <laughs> Instagram. Um but I feel like it's a lot more, like, uh, I want to say n- naked, I guess. It feels yeah. like there's a lot more, you, like People you can't more filter a picture. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can't filter a picture. You can just, it's just words. It's just, it's less pictures, more words. And, you know, it, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why. I could just spend ages scrolling through, through Twitter. Anyway, I'm uh, underscore Natty P on there too. <laughs> Um, and, and Instagram, Facebook, Adventures of Natty P. Um, and then my website is Natty P online. Um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So we, um, happy to always happy to chat with people on there. I've met some phenomenal people on, uh, on Instagram and talking about, um, being biracial, you know, some fantastic, um, mixed communities out there um, that I've met on on Instagram, and I'm always always happy to talk about it because I know it can be uh, quite a conversation. And mm-hmm. I want to thank you, ladies, for having me on here to to talk about it, and you know, and and having mm-hmm. a frank conversation about it. I love it, and thank you, thank you so much. So, um, so yeah, thank thank you, thank awesome. you for sharing your experience with us. Absolutely. And waking That's up awesome. early in the morning. I know, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is I, on I, a I weekend. <laughs> um, so friends, um, with that being said, before we wrap it up, we want to ask you guys to head over to our website mm-hmm. and uh, check out our merch. Yeah. Bomb Mom Crew Next. Bomb Mom Crew Next. Bomb we have so many cool Mom. things coming. Like I, I just, I'm, I'm dreaming of a day where I walk outside and I just see a bunch of different moms pushing their strollers in a bomb mom crew neck, jogging in a bomb mom t-shirt. <laughs> so friends, come on, go there and go crazy. Also, you can contact us and send us your birth stories mm-hmm. and uh, your bomb mom noms. You can also check us out at WTN Podcast on Instagram. And uh, check us out on Facebook as well at Wild Day Nap Podcast. If you want to holler at us, you guys can give us your feedback. You can give us topics, potential guests that you want us to collab with. Mm -hmm. We want to hear all of it. 
Also, lastly, if you're listening, head over to Apple Podcasts and review us. Yes, please. Just give us a five star or four. <laughs> four five. if you don't like it. Five <laughs> I know. But, um, stars. That's it. Five or keep it moving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was exactly. a five or keep it to yourself. I'm just kidding. No. We definitely <laughs> we want the reviews, friends. We want the feedback. It's so helpful. Uh the more reviews, mm-hmm. like the more uh ratings that we get, the more likely it is to show up on yeah. people's mentions. So we want to continue to grow our community. So please rate at Apple Podcast. But with that being said, nap time is over. So I'll see you in our next episode. Bye, friends. Bye, friends. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.